0: Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. Good morning, everyone. Good
1: morning. Yeah. I've been listening to all the welcomes and when you were talking about David sushi, Jess next to me said, oh, David sushi, he sounds tasty. So, um, yeah, Sushi is definitely one of her favourites. And anyone called David Sushi, uh, she'd probably like to meet, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got a really packed, busy morning today. Um, we'll be hearing from Jeanette later for communion. Um, and we will be spending some time in worship. We've got Ruth um, playing for us this morning. But first, we will just spend just one minute uh, just in a bit of quiet reflection today after uh, Prince Philip's death um a controversial character you can't deny it but someone who did give his whole life really to serve the queen and to support her um so we'll just spend a minute just quietly praying uh for for the for the for the queen really i suppose and, and thanking god for for Philip's life, Prince philip's life and then i'll just bring that to a close with a prayer so we'll just spend one minute here
2: Father God, we we don't know
1: much about Prince Philip's personal relationship with you, but we know that the Queen does love you and does follow you. And we're so thank you, thankful for the years of service that she's put put in so far in such an extraordinary reign. Um, Father God, we pray that you're with her and comfort her as she um, navigates these these next few weeks and months and years without her husband. Uh, we pray your blessing on her and the royal family in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um. I'm going to hand over to Sue, I think, for family time this morning.
2: I'm on mute. Why do we always forget that we can't talk with that mute button on? Uh, we've been doing fa- uh, fire, the subject of fire in the Bible, and uh, we're going to continue with that this morning. Um, and I've got some actions for you while I tell a very brief uh, story uh, which happened in the Bible after Jesus' resurrection, and a little bit before and a little bit after. So when I say the word fire, I'd like you all to sort of make a fiery hand uh, movement with your fingers. When I say no, I want you to put a cross with your fingers. When I say yes, I want you to make a tick. There we go. Yeah, a tick. Or that way anyway. Yeah, (laughs) a tick. And when I say cry or cried, you have to go like that with your fingers down your face. Okay, let's go. Jesus had just been arrested. Peter was by the courthouse outside in the dark, warming himself by a fire. Do you know Jesus said a girl at the door. No, said Peter by the fire. you were a follower of Jesus, weren't you said a bystander. No, said Jesus. Uh, sorry, said Peter, warming himself by the fire. Didn't I see you in the garden earlier when Jesus was arrested? Said another man. No, said Peter, standing by the fire. Peter heard the morning cockerel crow. He was ashamed of himself and cried and cried and cried. Just a few days later, Peter was out fishing with the other disciples he saw a man on the beach lighting a fire. The man called out, Have you caught any fish? No, they all replied. Then put your nets out on the other side of the boat, said the man. They did so and caught loads of fish. Then they knew the man must be Jesus. On the beach, Jesus was cooking fish on a fire. Do you love me, Peter? He said. Yes, Peter replied. Feed my lambs, said Jesus. Do you love me, Peter? Jesus said by the fire. Yes, I do replied peter take care of my sheep said jesus by the fire peter uh, jesus asked peter once more do you love me peter poor peter felt very bad and nearly cried yes lord i really do peter said Feed my sheep, said Jesus. We might be ashamed of things we've said or that we've done, but with Jesus, there is total forgiveness for those specific things, those memories we might have, those things we feel bad about, those things that kind of make us cry or made us cry And Jesus wants to use us to build his kingdom. He's got tasks for us to do. There's our story for today and a message for each one of us.
1: Thank you, Sue. And how extraordinary that Jesus knows that we need a personal message, a personal touch of him to get that message home, even though the disciples... Knew what would happen. Had been had read their scriptures. Had had heard Jesus say that after three days he would rise again. Still, Mary didn't believe it when she went to the tomb, and she needed Jesus there, a, a physical presence to to meet her. The road, the men on the road to Emmaus needed Jesus there to reveal it, and the disciples needed Jesus there to to just bring that message home, that personal message. I was reading that yesterday, so it doesn't surprise me today that 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 Sue brought that message as well. Um, amazing thank you lord um martin are there any or andy are there any notices that you want to bring before we go into a time of worship
3: um n- not particularly um, next saturday is equipped to serve and um, I, i'm I, i'm still working on 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 the topics for the uh for, for the uh equipped to serve so i'll be sending that out in an email soon um and then uh, Sunday, next Sunday, um, we're welcoming a visitor to speak, Val Fairhead from our sister church in Old Town Community Church. Um, I ha- I happened to hear a message that she brought to Old Town Church and thought, that's excellent. We need to hear that. So uh, Val will be speaking to us next Sunday morning. Okay. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, Robin wants to say anything about LifeWise. I, I'm just sort of Jumping in yeah. on that one. Robin. Justin. 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 Robin. Not Robin. Justin. <laughs>
4: Where
3: are we going? <laughs> I'm not going to put up the name, <laughs> Lockdown has <been> too long. <laughs> I was about to
0: say. Have I lost my job somewhere along the line? Live wires will be coming back. Um, we are still going to be running two groups of 15. Um, but... From September, we will be back to our usual drop-in madness of two, two and a half hours worth of live wires. So I will be needing to rebuild a team um, for September onwards. So those of you who have diligently volunteered, I'll be coming after you. Uh, those of you who haven't, I'll still be coming after you. So, um, Yeah. It is a fun thing to be involved with, and you don't have to be there every week. The more people we can have, the less people I end up doing. So please consider whether you can help us with what is our biggest youth outreach that we do as a church.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Justin. And I know that certain Kellys are very excited about the return of LiveWires. <laughs> and I want to say hello to Nadi. Really lovely to see you. Hi, Nadi. Um, I think we'll hand over Bye. to you Hi,
5: <laughs> Sorry, it took me a right to um unmute myself. Um glad to be here with you all.
1: Lovely. Brilliant to see you. Um I think we'll hand over to Ruth and Robin um for some worship time. Sorry, Ellie, and you as well.
6: Yeah, yeah. Um so uh I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna I'm gonna share a song uh, for us to all sing together first and then um uh Ruth will just will will sing after that um so we're going to sing first um waymaker which we have sung before but it's it might be a new one for some it's a good one okay so um ruth if you could unmute because we can't hear you at the moment these,
2: these two are our songs really to our lives all of us and I'd like to dedicate this one to Shirley. I think it was one of her favorites.
4: Yes Lord our hope is only in you and we thank you you're a faithful God and you never leave us. We often leave you and go our own way and think and we're doing good but Lord it's you you're
6: the faithful. Thank you, Ruth. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ruth. Um, Shall we open it up now to uh, prayer for anyone? If anyone wants to unmute and worship and pray, um, please feel free.
2: Dear Lord, we thank you for your kindness. Lord, you treat us not as we deserve, but with compassion and mercy. You forgive us, you help us, you you even use us, Lord, uh, to build your kingdom with you. Uh, We thank you for being such a wonderful saviour and for going with us wherever we go. Lord, your Holy Spirit is present. Uh, We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.
4: Thank you, Lord Jesus, and in the
2: Kingdom of Heaven. Uh he healing by his hands. And thank you, Lord in Jesus
7: and Hallelujah. Amen. Dear Father, Lord, we give you thanks, Father, for the um the gift of song, and for those who have gifted them to be able to sing, Lord. Um, thank you, for Ruth, Lord. Thank you, how. Her voice, as she sings and how she ministers your word, Lord, is actually very healing. And so, Lord, we do thank you for her. Thank you for Robin, Lord. Um, and Lord, may that be a real blessing to our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen.
8: Thank you, Lord, that it's in the stillness and in the quietness when we come to you and just... Um, Quite in our hearts before you and listen to gentle music Lord that speaks um of of your presence Lord I just thank you that you want to um have fellowship with us you want us to come to those still waters you want us to drink of you Um and Lord we just thank you that we can do that and that we can reflect you to the rest of the world as we drink you in Lord we want to pour be able to pour out you to the world, Lord, and um, unless we come and drink and um, feast on you and, and sit in your presence, we can't do anything, Lord, and I just thank you that you um, you love us so much that you want that fellowship, Lord, and we just come to you this morning and we drink and we feast on you and um, uh, we set our hearts to, to pour that out to the rest of the world. Amen.
3: Father, we pray too that the healing kindness of Christ, who said, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. You will find rest for your souls. Lord, I pray that the loving kindness of God will come and heal our nation. Mm -hmm. And Lord, that we will, uh, as a whole people, Lord, turn again in our hearts to Christ, the healer, Mm -hmm. Christ, the restorer, Christ, the one who forgives, Mm -hmm. Christ, the one who gave his life that we might live, Mm -hmm. Christ, the one who gives us hope. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray that you will unite our hearts together. Lord, that uh, divisions in our nation will be dissolved in grace. Mm -hmm. And Father, that uh, we might uh lord it seems so um unlikely to me that the powers of the evil one that are, are pressing in from all different sources lord to uh, to take us away from christ seems so strong yet lord you are the king you are the lord you are the god of the impossible lord come afresh to our land and lord Uh, renew your church in these days that we might be the authentic witnesses to christ in these days to come particularly these days of rebuilding these days of restoration these days of recovery lord i pray that we your people will be right at the forefront of that work of uh, of renewal that you uh, can bring to our nation And we pray, Lord, that the name of Jesus will be lifted high amongst us once again. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thanks, Ellie. And thank you very much, um, Ruth, as well. Um, I'm going to hand over to Rob shortly for the next part of the service but just before we do I'll just ask parents if your children are taking part in communion today do you want to just go and grab um your communion elements if I can't think of the word there um yeah I'll just give you a couple of minutes just to grab those bits and um and uh we'll 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 just uh, just ask the children to take communion before they leave and their leaders as well and a message for Olivia can you come downstairs please well actually i wanted to speak to thomas and amelia and lucy and evie and olivia and jessica anyway so your parents you know they, they don't need to be right with you just this second i just wanted to tell you um you might not already know this but you are actually uh, the very most important people in our church and it's not me saying that i should add this is something that jesus said um because of you the teens and us old wrinklies. Um, have quite a lot to learn, and we learn from you guys. Um, and as I said, it, it's not me that's saying that, it's Jesus. And I just want to read you something, just before we take communion, that Jesus said in um, in, the, in the New Testament in Mark, uh, this is the message version of, of what he said. He said, don't push these children away. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are at the very centre of life in the kingdom. And you guys are the very centre of our church. You might be quite small, but you are everything to us and we love you and we learn to follow Jesus by the way that you follow Jesus. So thank you, um, children, for being who you are because we think you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus does too, and he died for you uh, every bit as much as he died for the rest of us. So just like they did in the, Old Test- in the New Testament, we're going to take communion today. So parents, if you want to um, help your children now, let's take the bread like Jesus did Um, And he broke the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay. And in the same way, he took the cup and said, this is my blood poured out for you. Dear Lord Jesus... Thank you for our young people. Thank you for our teens. Thank you for um, our children as well. Lord, we love them. Help us to love them like you did. Lord, help us to see them as you saw them. Um, We thank you that you shed your blood and died on the cross for us. And as we go on throughout this year after Easter, Lord, help us to remember it with every bit of um, importance and relevance as we did just those few weeks ago. Father God, I pray your blessing on our children and young people now as they leave for their groups. And um for me and Justin, inspire us, um, talk through us to them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you guys want to disappear, I'll hand over to Rob.
9: Right, hi everybody. Uh, second, second half of the of the double team today. Um so, in a short while, we'll um, we'll hand over to Jeanette, who's going to take us through our communion today. But before we do that, um, I think we've known this day's been coming for quite a long time, and uh, we're going to say goodbye to two very dearly uh, loved uh, friends today, Geoffrey and Margaret. And I was thinking about this before, and I think they've got they've got an awful lot to, to do. Uh, we we know ourselves having having moved. A few times, there's a lot to do. There's the the packing. There's the there's the transporting all of your stuff. And I suppose as they're moving to uh, somewhere, I think in the between the sort of the north and the Midlands, probably have to learn a new accent as well. So perhaps when they come and join us, they'll be saying things like "me right, me doc" and things like that that Southerners think that Northerners say. I don't know if they if they do or not. I don't know very many people from the north. Um, but what we wanted to do was. Uh, have some open time for people to share uh memories reflections to pray uh to bring a word to bring some scripture to uh to jeffrey and margaret as we as we bless them on their way to uh to mansfield so what i'll do is i'll put myself on mute i'll invite uh brothers and sisters to take themselves off of mute and to share um to share their to share their hearts uh, and then when we when we come to a natural close, I'll, I'll finish in prayer for Jeffrey and Margaret. So I'm going to put myself on mute right now.
10: I'd just like to say that um, I've been to Israel a couple of times on promotional trips. And when I wanted to do a promotional trip, well, when I wanted to do a trip with my wife, She'd never been. The persons I wanted to go and take us were Margaret and uh, Geoffrey. So I asked them if they'd do it for us in February, and they said, well, no, it's a bit early. I said, well, I'll guarantee a a few people to come, and we went. And I think it was one of the best trips i've been on and i oh, just thank god we went everywhere we met everybody they knew exactly what was what we do uh, but it got to the friday mm-hmm. and uh okay. the only place we hadn't been to was the garden tomb now i don't want to get into theology but mm-hmm. um that wasn't on the list mm-hmm. and uh, oh. then jeffrey suddenly said oh uh, Visit this afternoon has been cancelled, so I said, "Let's go to the garden tomb," and we did. And it was such a blessing. The whole trip was wonderful. They're excellent hosts, and I thank God for for them. And thank God that I've known them all these years.
3: I remember, Geoffrey and Margaret, when you, you came to us, I think you were just finishing or uh, it, 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 towards the, I don't know quite what stage it was, but you, that amazing tour of the UK where you went from city to city where the Jews historically had been banned from those cities and you went to the, uh, the, the governors of, and the rulers of those particular cities, the councils and so on. And you had these special occasions to really undo the, uh, the, 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 in the spiritual realm, really, the stuff from the past. And uh, that, that was just amazing that, that it just opened my heart and eyes to so much that I hadn't realized before. And I think also demonstrated something of a model of how, how you can deal with the bad and painful stuff in the past and and that was just brilliant um, Jeffrey's, um connections with um, with with um, diplomats and uh Government officials is is rather uh, had a, a one rather amusing uh, e- episode when in the middle of a service Jeffrey's phone went and he had to go out of the meeting, and Dave Roberts who was with us at the time quipped, "Oh, I expect that's the Israeli ambassador." And um, and when Jeffrey came in, it was someone it was someone from the Israeli consulate had phoned up and wanted to talk to Jeffrey about something. So, yeah. mm. Bless you both.
2: Can I say? Um... Margaret has always been such a challenge to me. It's such a, a lovely, gentle spirit. And um, the thing that I prayed for that I would have. And uh, yeah, bless you, Margaret. And in and fact, we both came from Wales. So um, may you have a, a wonderful new journey.
5: Yeah I uh, in my in my natural self I don't want either of you to go um but I know it's the right thing for you both to go and um I just want to thank you that that um your faith isn't head faith it isn't knowledge faith but it's relationship faith and that when you speak you you allow Christ to to dwell in you richly, that that you both feel and express and teach and share. So you you exude the wholeness of Christ. And I have been enormously blessed by both of you. Um, So thank you so much. As the leader of the life group that
4: Jeffrey and Margaret have been in for many years, I think that I have been uh, hugely blessed um, by the, the the wisdom, the experience, the um, um, the faith, uh, the live faith that both Jeffrey and Margaret have brought uh, week by week over so many years, and and I, I've just been um in awe of that and and uh it's been a fantastic experience my my one of my daughters is very keen on on saying nobody is indispensable dad Um, but i i think there's going to be a hole left when margaret and jeffrey go that is not going to be filled (laughs) by anybody else Um, And it will be a a big loss to us, but a big blessing to Mansfield and the church there and the community there. So um, thank you, Geoffrey, and bless you and and Margaret.
6: Mm -hmm.
4: Thank you, Geoffrey and Margaret, for um, when we joined with you and you invited us to help out with the teas and coffees in Westminster Chapel for the leaders of the Jewish community in the lobby days and I felt it a privilege because it was a historical, I think it was a historical thing that you did um, relating with the, for the Jewish people. It's, it, it, history was made I think through those events and on, ongoing events. And thank you that you helped Ruth in her music with Shelley Katz the Baptist Church here in Eastbourne, who did a brilliant job of um, setting up the Holocaust for Eastbourne
0: uh,
4: mm. at the Town Hall some years back, and uh, thank you, Will, have still been able to share in that event.
11: I I know Jeffrey through the work context, not through uh, Living Stone's context, and um, he took me under his wing when I joined. Christian Friends of Israel, late 2003, early 2004, and really became a mentor to me for the length of time that he still worked and served with CFI. He introduced me to the Jewish community for which I will be forever grateful and just modeled a Christ-like relationship in building relationships into the people in the Jewish community. And most of you will not really understand how he has been key amongst Christian leaders in the UK in bringing down barriers between the Christian community and the Jewish community in the UK. It's an untold story. Some of us know bits and pieces of it. It was done at great cost, at risk, and with a great amount of faith on both sides of the faith community. Um, the measure of trust that there are between the two communities today is very much due to the hard work that Jeffrey and others have put into that and it's something that all of us under God should be very much grateful for. So I wish you both well, hope to maybe see you at some point in the future after all this madness passes.
7: Bless you. Thank you. I think uh, as for me, it's it's more the stories that, um, that certainly Jeffrey tells, yeah. and I have no reason to doubt any of them. Um, it seems like both Jeffrey and Margaret are a couple who have ministered to the um, the alcoholic, um, homeless person in London, someone who attacked him, um, right the way through to um, uh, head of states, um, intellectuals, and the 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 spectrum of their combined ministry goes from the very poorest to the, the most affluent in society. So I want to bless you, Geoffrey, for your passion, because you certainly gave me another way of looking at the scriptures, um, certainly in context of the of the Jewish history. And as for you, Margaret, your poise and dignity um, always impresses me. So bless you both.
3: Um, we we can't um, forget Margaret your your love for young people, mm. and uh, we 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 made a joke. We, we we think that you were probably you know the oldest youth worker in the country. Um, <laughs> uh, Margaret would regularly come to m- most weeks to to LiveWires. Uh, serving Tuck and just sitting with the children and engaging and acti- uh, interacting with them. And uh, the other thing, Margaret, I remember particularly too, is when we worked together doing your My Story, um, I, I, I just was so touched by the, your own personal story of fortitude through difficult times and how you put your trust in the Lord in those times and and that is a a wonderful testimony thank
2: you yeah when i met you margaret um you told uh, me the story of your daughter anne and the tragedy of how she'd lost her children and i remember i was so outraged at the injustice of it we prayed together that god would restore her and praise god she has a new husband she had three new children and she's been reconciled with her children that she lost, and God di- answered our prayer, Margaret. And uh, it was it took a while, <laughs> but now you're going to Mansfield to be with the family. Uh, there. So thank you, Lord, for the journey. Uh, you've mm. taken uh, Anne on, and Margaret has been praying. Thank you, Lord. Um, and also um, Jeffrey I'd like to um, thank you because I met a young man who was a Palestinian when I was in Yeovil with the challenge team he was studying at Bethlehem Bible College I invited him to come and stay with us for the weekend and I took him to meet you two (laughs) and um, he was not an Israel sympathizer um, and I was so blessed by Jeffrey and Margaret, by your welcome of him and the discussion that uh, you shared with him when he, you know, he talked about his life. And um, I remember Ramsey talked about uh, a, a thing called masalaha. And in my heart, I was thinking there needs to be reconciliation. Reconciliation is what is needed. And um, Masalaha was an initiative in Jerusalem where um, Jewish boys and Palestinian boys met each other as two friends and made friends. And I then learned afterwards that Masalaha meant reconciliation. And Jeffrey and Margaret, um, your ministry has has been a, a true reconciliation. Uh, between Jew and Gentile, and also between Arab, Palestinian, Jews, and all the people that come together in Israel. Thank you, guys. Uh, And it will be written in heaven. Uh, It's written there, as with all of ours, but we bless. It's a privilege to have been knowing you and having you as part of Livingstone's church for so long. Thank you, Lord.
8: And I, d- I just want to say that um, you know you have to blame Jeffrey and Margaret for all the little snippets I bring about. Um about the allotment because it was Geoffrey's <laughs> allotment and he we, I became his co-worker in March and started digging and I haven't really stopped since then and um, <laughs> actually the Lord has blessed me through all that I've learnt with um, growing plants and also lots of suggestions from Margaret as what to put in and how to look after that and when to pick the rhubarb and what to do with it <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so uh, in a way they, they're they sowing seeds all the time they're sowing in different People's lives in lots of different ways, and that's a, a, a fantastic ministry that um you know you can reach so many different sorts of people, and we just praise God that uh, that your lives have touched all sorts of people. Thank you, Lord, for their lives. Amen. And I can I just
4: give a personal family history, which is linked to you, um Jeffrey and Margaret. And that is a young man, we, we were babies together, a little handsome, Graham Ballantyne was a young, I was a baby with him. His mum and dad were friendly with my mum and dad. He went out to New Zealand, he started up a big business of making clothes and things. He befriended a Jewish young man who became your tour guide, I can't remember his name, in, in Israel. Aaron, yeah. Yeah. You remember him, Jeffrey?
11: Yes.
9: And you know, yeah. that goes back. Graham was a friend, we were babies together at the Lantern. Yes. And uh, <laughs> uh, a, a couple of, oh, a couple of, uh, Jeffrey, sorry, I
12: interrupted you. I just wanted to say thank you for all the kind things you've said. Um, we, we take many happy memories with us from Eastbourne. Um, and um, uh, But the scripture that the Lord put on our hearts more than 30 years ago was from Isaiah 62, Um, and it was, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up up the highway, clear it of stones, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your Saviour comes. And um, it, it was this thing of build up the highway, clear it of stones, because there are so many stones that are are obstacles for the Jewish people in coming to believe in Jesus as their savior. And um, that has been one of the uh, main things that that God has called us to do. And that was, uh, Martin referred to our um, going around to all the cities where um, Jews had been been persecuted and had been um, turned away from. Um, Back in the the 13th century, uh, a number of cities, including Derby, uh, paid the king for charters that said that no Jew would ever live in those or Jews would ever live in those towns um, right until the end of the world, and um, there was a need for for redeem, for repentance and redeeming and confessing the sins that, that, that had happened and and dealing with that. And we'd gone around, and, and the whole process ended up uh, in um, in the House of Lords. Um, and um and a petition to the queen uh, which one of the results of which was holocaust memorial day being introduced in, 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 in just 2001 and um it was one of the things that led into that what we rather thought was that that had been dealt with and then this week we learned something that absolutely astonished us um, that the because that process had led in 1290 to the um, to an edict by the king and council that the Jews should be exiled from Britain and they had to leave by um, November the first. And I discovered this week. I, I knew about that act and we had spoken about it and and the process, but. I discovered this week that the king in council on November the 1st was at his royal palace in Clipstone, which I don't don't think you'll have heard about, but is a parish of Mansfield. Mm -hmm. And it's actually the next-door parish to ours where we're going to be uh, in in, in Forest Town. And um, the king... uh, Um, When I I heard that the king was there in 1290, I wondered, could there be a connection? And indeed there is, quite extraordinarily, that um, on October the 25th in 1290, that parliament passed an act to levy taxation Um, The king had very expensive wars and he was in debt in King Edward in 1290 and he wanted to tax. And he, in fact, got the nobles to agree to the highest tax in medieval England that that year. And the taxation was passed on October the 25th and the expulsion of the Jews was a week later on November the 1st. And the nobles only agreed to the the taxation on condition that the king expelled the Jews. Mm -hmm. And um, so we are going to be right there um, in that very place. And extraordinarily, um, as if to compound it, the pastor of the... Uh, of the Mansfield Community Church is himself from Germany and has recently discovered that his his father and his father's brothers were part of Hitler's army and were committed Nazis. There was only one of of those uncles that was not. And he was a member of the Confessing Church. And um, he was the only one of the brothers who died in the war. Uh, He died because his commanding officer realized he wasn't supportive of of Nazism and Hitler and put him into a suicide squad. Um, And um, the pastor is just dealing with in his own heart and conscience, he's dealing with these letters right now, and um, he and we have been in a, a lot of email correspondence about that. But so he knows um, exactly what it is to have uh, to come from this place of being against uh, the Jews, the Jewish people. Um, And I I, I haven't yet told him that we've discovered that actually the act that really started this in Europe happened in that little parish right next to ours of Clipstone, and from there, uh, the expulsion of of the Jews on November the 1st from Britain and then in later years from France and from Spain. But the process of expelling the Jews began in this country um, and it was nearly 400 years before they were readmitted. So the Lord has something yet for us to do um, (laughs) to take that process back to where it started and uh, we thank the Lord for that. But we do also um, with the reconciliation has been something that the Lord has put on our hearts. And one of our happiest memories of living here was something we've never been able to share. But when there was um, a lot of tension between the Palestinians and the Israelis, there was a course at Herstman's Zoo Castle, bringing a dozen Israeli music teachers and a dozen Palestinian music teachers for two weeks together to learn together in in living out reconciliation. And um, it wasn't an easy time. They came separately and there was a good deal of mutual suspicion. But when they went back, they went back with their arms linked, they insisted to go on the same plane together. They'd come on separate planes and separate coaches. They insisted on going back on the same plane together and they linked arms and sang the songs together. That they had been learning here at Hirschman Zoo Castle, and they sang those songs as they walked off the plane in in, into Bengurian Airport. Oh. Um, and um, we were never able to say what had happened, because it, it could have caused danger of life. But um, and there was much security. But it it happened here, and we thank living stones for being that spiritual covering to us um that enabled so much of this work to progress
9: so thank you thank you jeffrey bless you i (laughs) it's hard very hard to follow that i just had a couple of very small anecdotes of my own one was um when olivia started going to live wires she was quite anxious and she was quite nervous about going. And then when we picked her up afterwards, uh, I think she would found the whole thing about overwhelming. We said to her, "Was there? Is there anybody there that you that you knew who was there?" And the first person she said was Margaret. And I said, "What, Margaret Smith?" And she's like, "Yeah, Margaret Smith. does the Tuck." And she was so relieved, so relieved to see a friendly face that she trusted. So thank, thank you, Margaret, for all you've we've all done there. And Jeffrey, I a, a, a complete non-church anecdote actually, but. Um, When I, Jeffrey was telling me about a a family event that he was planning and it just so happened that someone I was loosely connected with at work at the time um, may have been some relation to Jeffrey and I put them in touch and I didn't expect to sort of hear anything of it. And then reflecting what Robin Benson said earlier, Jeffrey's relational heart really came through. He copied me in on the email that he sent to this guy, Alec, and there was just so much love and enthusiasm flowing through it. And I was reading it on the train. I, I know exactly where I was. I was just outside Lewis Station, coming into Lewis Station on the train home from work. And it really moved me actually. And it was quite emotional to see that that love and that heart for someone that Jeffrey had a connection with, but he hadn't he hadn't met at, at that point. So thank you both for being such a, a blessing to all of us. Um Heavenly Father, thank you for. Jeffrey, and Margaret, thank you for two such incredible and incredibly well-lived lives. Thank you, Lord, for the, the hearts that they've touched. As Andy said, from the from the poorest to the richest, Lord, thank you that they have had the, the words, the wisdom, the insight, the humility to bring people together, that that heart for seeing peace, for seeing reconciliation, for seeing people move forward. Together, Lord. Um just thank you that you put them amongst us. Thank you, Lord, that we've been able to, as Jeffrey said, provide spiritual comfort for them. Thank you, Lord, for all that they've they've taught us collectively and individually as well, Lord. And Father, we pray for this next step, this exciting next step, Lord. Um I suppose I shouldn't be surprised that there's a uh there's something there already for them, but thank you, Lord, that there is, and thank you, Lord, for the next adventure that they're gonna. That they're going to have together and with you, Lord. And so, Father, just pray for this this coming few days and few weeks, Lord, that the move will be smooth, that they'll settle into their new environment and their new community uh quickly and seamlessly, Lord. Father, would you continue to to light the way for them, Lord? Would you continue to um strengthen them, Lord? Would you continue to protect um both their health? And thank you, Lord, especially for uh for Jeffrey's health over this last um year with the with the treatment he's been undergoing thank you lord that you bless them um you bless sorry lord thank you that you blessed us with them well thank you that we're able to be a blessing with them lord we love them and we pray your protection over them in jesus name amen okay uh Jeanette, i'm looking at you in the middle of my screen on the left um are you uh you ready?
5: Yeah, I think we need a break, though. I think we need a, a stand-up comfort break. Um, and can you make sure that you've got your communion ready? Because I'm just going to speak and, and lead directly into communion. So, yeah, a bit of a stretch, a bit of a oh break. And then we'll be back.
9: Okay. I think we've got everybody Jeanette thank you I've now got the feeling back in my lower legs I appreciate, appreciate that suggestion um Lord thank you for Jeanette thank you Lord um for our sister in Christ thank you Lord for her her diligence and her discernment about the word Lord and Father we pray that we'll have open ears and open hearts as she speaks to us today in Jesus name Amen Jeanette over to you
5: Thank you, Rob. Uh, I've really enjoyed preparing for this, whether you enjoy the sermon or not, I don't know, but but I've certainly enjoyed doing doing the preparation uh, for it. So if you've got your Bible, can you turn to John 6 for me? And I'm going to read from verses 47 to 59. So that's John 6 verses 47 to 59. So this is Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died but here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply amongst themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? He said this while teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. So nothing controversial about that passage, said no one ever. Um, (laughs) I was raised a Catholic and um, I'm I'm first generation, or second generation Irish Catholic. And um, I went to a Catholic junior school, took my first Holy Communion at the age of eight, and took my confirmation into the Catholic Church at the age of 11. Uh, And it was very much a case of transubstantiation, which uh, means that um, during the mass, the bread and the wine, actually Catholics believe became Jesus, Jesus' body, Jesus' blood and uh i have many stories to tell about that because you were not you had to practice how to take communion for a long while before you were allowed to take it but i'm not going to go into those stories i just want you to know it was not me who claimed i'd just bitten off jesus leg all right it was my friend julie who sat next to me um but if we don't believe in transubstantiation, if we don't believe that that when it says my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink, if we don't believe it is Christ himself down in the bread and wine, then what do we believe? We can't just read scripture on the negative. Oh, well, I don't believe that. It's like, well, then what do you believe? And we'll understanding this passage, which is, you know, on the face of it, quite revolting in many respects. You know, it's like, is this cannibalism we're looking at? What what exactly is going on in this passage, and can it possibly deepen my relationship with the Lord? So now, look, John six is a very long chapter, and um, we need to put it in context first. Uh, There's two major miracles that happen uh, in John six. And one is when Jesus and his disciples go over the Lake um, of Galilee, he teaches this mass of people because he's very popular at this point, mass of people, 5,000 people, well 5,000 men because they didn't count women and children, he taught them and using only five loaves and two fish, he fed them all. That's a miracle. Uh, And the other one was later that day, the disciples chose to go back to Capernaum um, and the sea was rough. They were rowing against the headwind. Um, and having difficulty and Jesus decided to walk back to Capernaum but um, not round the water he walked on the water and got into the boat their boat and it says immediately they landed on the shore at Capernaum um, so you have these two, inc- well, I suppose three incredible miracles: the feeding of the five thousand, Jesus walking on the water, and then this immediate landing where they were meant to be. And the next day, these well-fed thousands of people uh, followed him round. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? And as as a number of them came to Capernaum and it's at this point Jesus challenges them and uh, he says what is your motivation for following me this is for around verse 26 at the moment he says are you following me in a spiritual sense is it because of signs and wonders you are following me or are you following me because your belly's full Is it a spiritual reason? In other words, are you following me for who I am or for what I can give you? Are you following the the blesser or are you just seeking after blessings? Now, the crowd had been, they had evidenced an incredible miracle, the, the feeding of them, the fact they were full And yet they say to him, "Okay, you claim this. What sign are you going to give us to show us that you have come from God? Can you outdo Moses? Because Moses gave us manna in the wilderness for 40 years. What can you do? Now, Jesus, of course, is rabbi, teacher. So the first thing he did was correct their theology. And he says, Moses did not give you the manna. God gave you the manna. He says, and I am going to fulfill that provision. The manna was a signpost. I am the fulfillment. Those who ate the manna died because it was physical. Those who eat for me, the bread of life, Will live forever. What Moses did and part of was a sign towards it. I am the fulfillment of all scripture. So that's the context. That's where we've got up to so far. So the situation, well, we know from verse 59 they were in the synagogue. Now, I don't think it was a Sabbath day because these guys had just come. Surely they'd traveled too far for the Sabbath law of how far they could go. So this was just a regular day. So I I guess synagogues, in fact, I think I know this, synagogues can be used as community centers as well. When it wasn't the Sabbath, they could be used as your mother and toddlers or or whatever. Um, I doubt they did mother and toddler, but, uh, or even country dancing, but nevertheless, it was a place where they could meet. And so this is where they were. Now, also, so it's a regular day. Jesus was not sharing a meal. There was no celebration of a feast. In fact, there was no eating or drinking involved in this situation. It was just an interactive teaching between a rabbi and his disciples. Now I say disciples because when you look at the word that's used here, it's methetes. all right, and it's not a word just used for this crowd who have followed him, it's the same word that is used for John the Baptist and his followers, it's the same word that is used for Jesus and the Twelve. So these people that have followed him around to Capernaum are not some casual onlookers. But these are genuine, interested followers in who Jesus is. And that's important to understand, especially when we go into the next section. So we have the context, we have the situation, they're in Capernaum, they're in the synagogue, And these are people interested in this man, Jesus. Now, what's this about flesh? If you're not expected to resort to cannibalism, and we're not, what is Jesus referring to? Well, if you look at verse 51, the second part of verse 51 gives us a clue. Jesus says this, This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Quite simply, Jesus is telling those he's talking to and and challenging and they are questioning him back. He is telling them what is about to happen. He says, I will give my life as a willing sacrifice to atone for the sins of the world, to save the world from an eternal death. So having said that he's the true bread of heaven that satisfies all, Jesus is giving notice that this bread, God incarnate, will be broken and will die. He will die. So he's giving them a taste of what is to come if they have ears to hear. Now, as if it wasn't controversial enough for Jesus to say, I am the bread of life, eat, eat me, as it were. He then goes on to go, well, I'll tell you what, if you think that's bad, try this statement. Verse 53, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, blood, I mean, talk about red flag to a bull here, to his listeners. It's like, doesn't this rabbi know the law? Not eating meat that still contained blood was a covenant or part of the covenant that God made with Noah after the flood. That was where it was initiated and encouraged until it got to the time of the covenant with Moses when it became law. And Jesus says, no, God says this to Moses in Leviticus 17. God says, I will set my face against any Israelite or any foreigner residing among them who eats blood. And I will cut them off from the people. For the life of a creature is in the blood and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for life. Therefore, I say to the Israelites, none of you may eat blood, nor may any foreigner residing among you eat blood. There is nothing ambiguous about God's statement to Moses, and that became law. And for 1500 years, that law was observed. (laughs) And then you get Jesus saying, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Is it a wonder that this teaching caused such a stir? The teaching wasn't hard to understand technically, but it was unbelievably hard to accept that had 15 years, uh, 1,500 years of this law. And then this person comes along, he claims not only to know God personally, but says, oh, and I was sent by God. And now I'm going to toss away 1,500 years of law, toss it up in the air, and say, the solution is in me. I am the bread of life and you drink my blood. Again, Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of a creature is in the blood. And I have given it to you so you can make an atonement for yourselves on the altar. To make an atonement for yourselves. That word yourself, I I looked up, and it's nefesh. And strongs gives quite a few words to describe it. Soul, self, that which breathes your mind, desire, passion, the inner being of a man. That is what God is saying. For 1500 years, God's forgiveness and cleansing was sought through the sacrifice and various rituals of pouring, sprinkling, daubing, dabbing animals' blood on people and on objects and once a year Yom Kippur the day of atonement we have all of this uh, ritual and everything and the high priest enters into the holy of holies on that one occasion and what does he do he sprinkles the mercy seat with the blood of the sacrifice where God himself dwells is sprinkled with blood. And now in this town of about a thousand residents, this man says that the shedding of his blood will make full atonement once and forever. You know, we read in John 1, 14, that Jesus came full of grace and truth, and while Jesus is approachable and compassionate, he never waters down truth in order to make it palatable to those who hear. Jesus' words always challenge, they always convict. In this way, what I call pick-and-mix believers get sifted. And only those who voluntarily accept the whole counsel of God can then move forward. Think about it. Jesus fed, taught and fed approximately 7,000 people. By the end of the following day, He had 12 rather bewildered followers left. That's one heck of a sermon, isn't it? (laughs) To go from 7,000 to 12, it's like not a great day in the pulpit. Um, And uh, he'd probably be kicked out of most denominations for that that kind of preaching. But there we have it. He did not play to the crowds. Jesus did not preach an acceptable word, he preached truth and it was up to the individual to accept or reject that truth. Now do believers have to understand everything in order to remain standing before Christ? Well absolutely not don't don't imagine for a second that the 12 who stood his 12 disciples who stood in front of him had any more of an idea what Jesus was talking about than the 6,000 whatever that left but what they did have that the others had not got was that they grasp the bigger picture. Because if you read on, it says, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know That you are the Holy One of God. That word we have come to believe is the same word as conviction. And the word to know is yada, that one of of absolute intimacy. We have been convicted and we know. See, two scriptures spring to mind uh, when I I hear that. And one is earlier on in in the chat. John 6 verse 44 and it says this no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them so there's the first one there has to be a spiritual awakening inside and then he the first verse of Hebrews 11 now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see Don't ever let a lack of understanding be a stepping stone towards a lack of faith. We believe by faith and God in his grace and mercy brings understanding. You know, those 12 disciples didn't understand there and then what Jesus was talking about. But their commitment and their perseverance in the end, guided them eventually into all truth. They got it. You see, what Jesus said at Capernaum that day, he fulfilled at the crucifixion. The perfect sacrificial lamb died and his blood was poured out as an atonement for sin. Some years later, the author of Hebrews wrote this, uh, Hebrews nine. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and the more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say is not part of creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats, and calves but he entered the most holy place once for all by his blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. So we've seen the context, we've seen the situation, we've heard the teaching. What is our response to this? How do we eat and drink Christ. I'm going to edit this because I've just noticed the time, all right. Nutritioners tell us that we are what we eat. And uh, we can eat well that feeds us up. We can eat rubbish that will come back to affect us eventually. I um, Dave was reading me Proverbs on Friday, and I was struck by Proverbs four verses fourteen to seventeen, and it says this: Not all food is good for us. No, it didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> Do not set foot on the path of the wicked, or walk in the way of evil doers. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. How different is that from the bread of life and the atoning blood of mercy? The washing, the cleansing, the great exchange. He took on sin, that we may take on his righteousness. So what does our daily menu look like? How can we eat the bread and drink the wine? Eat the flesh and drink the blood? What, What is it that feeds and sustains us? You know, God's written word is a smorgasbord, isn't it, of fine foods and drink. It fills the soul. It's tasty. It. It. I love it. It's the tastiest food we will ever eat. It is the healthiest food we will ever eat. Eat of my body, he says. Feast on the word. I know some people don't like reading. Then listen to the word. Listen to great sermons from faithful servants. I love reading old sermons. I love reading Charles Spurgeon's sermons. I love reading the Puritans um, and everything. But I know God has given me the gift of time. All right, I know, I live by myself. When Paul says, single people have got more time, we haven't got more time to do things, but we have more time to have our thoughts directed to the Lord without external demands. So I know I've got that, Been given that gift, all right? And we all go through different seasons. But may I suggest even one one verse and set, set your phone for four times a day. And four times a day, have it on your phone and read that verse and ask the Holy Spirit to bring it in so that you can ingest, digest, meditate on, ruminate, that it feeds here. It feeds and builds. I'm zooming through here, folks. Pray alone, pray in groups, pray, give thanks. I I went on a bike ride the other day and I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I am just going to look around and give thanks for what I take note of. So my whole bike ride was a bike ride of thanksgiving even for the battery when i went up the hills <laughs> That was especially praise and thanksgiving <laughs> who else could because i couldn't do beachy head by myself um but but the whole thing it's like you know the warmth of the spring sun if we can engage our whole being that is feasting on the lord So we come to communion. I just want to encourage us, whether it's one sentence a week or twice a day mulling on it. If we want to feed upon Christ, we must think a great deal about him. God's truth gives us life, right? But we need to see who he was, what he did, why he did it, what he's doing now, what he will do in the future, what he is yet to do. And so by taking that in, mulling on that, that will feed our soul beautifully. Let Christ dwell in us as we dwell in him. Abide in me, he says, and I will abide in you. This is feasting on Christ. So let us, together, Matthew 26 says this, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. Amen. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and he said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Lord God, as we do this simple act in remembrance of you, that you were the curtain that got torn in two. You are the one who gave access. Your blood was poured out on the mercy seat once for all, that we may have access to our Father. We are reconciled to our Father. May we delight in that truth. May we engage in the wholeness. Who it is to be a child of the living God, an heir and a co-heir with Jesus. That one day we will be with you for all time.
9: Amen. Thank you, Jeanette. I was thinking, thank you for your uh, your fast editing as well. I was thinking when you said about reading through old sermons I'd quite like to read the full version of this I'll <laughs> be uh, emailing you in the week um yeah thank you very much for for taking us through communion there Jeanette um I know we've reached uh about time I just wanted to check I've got Jessica down here Justin how are the kids how are the kids today I've got I've got something that I can show which is this I, I didn't do it. The kids did it. Justin, yeah. any more background? Well, it also looks like that. That's the test
0: one. Um, yeah, we finished off our series of eating with Jesus today with um, going back through the road to Emmaus, which is always good fun. Um, so that was their, their little Jesus book to remind them that these are stories is all about Jesus. Uh, and next week, yeah, they voted to go back to weird, wacky, wonderful Bible stories. So yeah look out for some strange craft
9: <laughs> you'll certainly certainly be looking out for that i'll have to buy some more buy some more and glue
0: <laughs> yeah buy more sellotape and more glue sticks parents <laughs> thanks
9: justin and i know that uh, i know that the teenagers today were talking about baptism and hopefully there are some seeds sown there for the future as well um unless there's anything else i'm looking quickly at martin and andy uh I will close in prayer and then I think we'll keep the, we'll keep the room open. Martin, you've come off mute. Is there something to add? Just to say, can't think of anything. (laughs) There we go. All right. Lord, thank you for our time together today. Thank you for the blessing that it's been. Thank you father for the the words that we've heard. Thank you father for the the thoughts that uh, Jeanette has put into our our minds as we search our hearts and we think more about how we can connect with you and focus with you particularly I was touched around the point around busy lives and making sure that we do carve out that time to to be with you and to and to learn more about you Lord Um, Father uh, please bless us in the week ahead and Lord in particular I I pray for uh, what's happening tomorrow with this grand reopening, semi reopening. Lord, I pray for all the people who are heading back to um, their workplaces after uh, after a long period at home. Lord, I pray your blessing and your protection on them. I pray for um, the pray for the, the the physical health of this nation, Lord, as as the as the country reopens. Lord, I pray that uh, we won't see any nasty spikes in infections, hospitalizations, and And uh, mortality as well, Lord. But also, Father, I pray for the spiritual health of this nation too. And, um, Lord, as we uh, navigate our way through this tricky time, we know, Lord, that there have been more people turning turning to you. And, Lord, we pray that that will continue even as we move out of this uh, coronavirus season into the into the next season that you've got in store. Father, pray you'll be with us all week, particularly Jeffrey and Margaret on their big move. And, Father, pray you'll bless us until we come together again. Uh, in our life groups in the week and together next Sunday in Jesus name. Amen. Mm -hmm.